really get into the nitty-gritty behind monsters from different lore. However, there is a general focus on D&D. We are players and DMs, so we draw from our experience with different tabletop RPGs. And we tend to go off on tangents every so often. If you're looking for facts and historical value, this may not be the podcast for you. But if you love discussing monsters and all of their potential just for fun, then we got you covered. Adult content warning, and with all that out of the way, my name is Dylan, and I'm joined once again by my two brave monster hunters. I'm Alex. And I'm Melina. And this is Mornings with Monsters. This morning, we are discussing a monster that has grown exponentially thanks to the media. That's right, the Mind Flare. Mind Flares, also known as Illithids, meaning Mind Ruler, are humanoid creatures with octopus-like heads. They hold great understanding of their psionic abilities, which makes them terrifying to any and all sentient beings. Not only are they able to control minds, they also feed on one's mind while still alive. Lithids, guys. Mind flares. Yeah. Lithids. So... That's a minor description. Yeah. Minor. That's such a small thing. Yeah, like one face of the jewel that is a lithid. Yeah, but... We, uh... Like, just saying, it's so hard to write a description on a creature that is... It's just... So intense. It's so intense. It's so intense. And they're probably the most popular creature in the fantasy realm right now, just because of Stranger Things. Yeah. Which... Like, we don't, we're not going to, like, super hit on today, but we will look at, like, slight differences. I'm the only one of the three of us who has seen the show, which probably is for the best, because we yeah. don't want to focus exactly on that. Because there's, there's so many, there's just so, so much about them. Like, octopus heads, the first thing I thought of when I heard octopus humanoid, like, it reminded me of the ouds from Doctor Who. And yeah. Like, they must have been inspired. That's crazy. You know, and they they were actually. Maybe they were like, let's do uh mind flares but with like the opposite alignment. Cuz like the ouds are so are Ooh, right? so very like yes, sir, you know. They're they're very like polite and like well-mannered and well, I think in most of their depictions, but Sure. Um but yeah, I mean they look very similar. They just wear suits instead of ominous cloaks that's true oh you know what i did i'll read i i read this and i thought it was the grossest thing um their skin is like it's specifically supposed to be like extremely recognizable it's Hmm. like mushy gross like almost just like a wound but as skin like i I was likening it to like that white phase when you start like healing like a burn or something like that and it's like white and spongy and soft and wet gross yeah (laughs) yeah i wonder did it did it say why it's supposed to be recognizable so people don't fuck with them or i mean i don't necessarily think it was anything um that they were trying to make themselves different it's um if i had to liken a guess it's more than likely because of the way that they are created. Hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah, know much. In a created, pool, so basically, of like. Yeah, they all start out as like the illithid head, but as a tadpole. Yep. And they swim around in the goo that the elder brain uh, lives in. Yep. And then they have this um, cycle, and I'm gonna botch this, so let me read it. No worries. Like, it's complicated. It is a. It's a hard word. Ceramorphosis is the is the the change that they go through, and so like what they do is they take the head from the tadpole pool and they find a host body. So it can be they 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 like to use humans, drow, anything humanoid, and they place the body or the head on the head of the body, and it just totally changes the physiology over the the. Hmm. The course of the change. Yeah, I I saw that the um, mind flares it, it's frowned upon in most of the hives, but a lot of them will take their uh, tadpole form and actually fuse them with like monsters and other kinds of things. Like um, they, I saw one that they made like a a slime tool 
or whatever. Uh, like kind of like that, or like there's this one monstrosity they create through the, like the Underdark gnomes. Um, yeah, that's what I know, right? Um, so like when they combine them with that, they're like uh, these crazy sentient like uh whipped dogs basically of the like that's how they interact with them but it's yeah funny. it's crazy the source that i read said that that was like very taboo experimentation yeah. in the culture yeah that was correct. absolutely okay not to like bring doctor who into this again but now i'm like wait are they closer to ouds or daleks in the beginning uh what? They like uh they look like ouds, they act like Daleks. I mean yeah. they are very similar. Um forms, I would say are closer to like the appearance appearance of the Daleks in their like oh, yeah, grossness forms where it's just like this mauvey, green, oozy, moist, soft cartilage. So, I refuse to even acknowledge the true form of a Dalek. I, I know, right? exterminate um (laughs) so i think this is a cool monster i mean coming from the kobold which has like deep like ties to germanic lore and like you know they're an ancient monster this one we can pretty much date right back to like gary gygax in like original D &D. and we even have like full books of lore i mean the mind flare and the illithids are just the mind flare and the illithids there's no other like uh creative like they've probably been exactly yeah and and pretty much whenever they're used they're used as as they come because they have so much so much lore and backstory um but it's funny you say that they're like the daleks because i didn't realize that they essentially were space pirates that conquered the entire multiverse and the most interesting thing that i found was when they were finally like at the the brink of uh you know in, inevitable defeat uh they conquered time itself and went back in time and seeded their own existence so that they uh basically created a time loop so that the illithids always are and always will be in some form or another wow. i was like that's... that's one way to keep your species going right so they're their own it. creators which is like it's described as like uncomprehensible to the average human mind like i'm like yeah kind of because like have, you're uh, your own grandfather right we do have that paradox it's called the grandfather paradox yeah it's super cool yep. i mean that's also i think how we can get away with seeing these mind flares in like a D campaign um for example because They've conquered the multiverse and they've been defeated. And so now in this, um, you know, cycle of existence, they are lesser and they've been, you know, basically pushed their backs up against the ropes. So you find them in places like the Underdark or in colonies or smaller planets. Um, but they're, they're on multiple planes of existence. They it, originally were, you know, conquered they conquered the entire conquered and enslaved the entire uh you know multiverse and all the planets and everything but there's also like um like in later lore there's depictions of like uh the gith uh defeating them so and then there's like a realm of eternal war and things like that so i mean it's really where you're drawing your information from which was kind of the hard part about figuring out exactly what happened yeah, because I mean, if you look at D and D as a linear path, it's it muddles certain creatures as you walk through the versions because, and especially Illithid, since they are from such a far back version of D and D, they've gotten the fanfic fair and they've gotten redesigned and they've gotten boosted and they've gotten bu- uh, nerfed and stuff. So like we've yeah. seen twelve different versions of like one same Illithid. I saw um, a description like, somewhere that said that they once had like they were described to have beaks or so of some yeah, type. like a I heard that too. Yeah, that's that's Crazy. weird. So like I'm pretty sure they don't speak, right? It's all no, telepathy. they only use psionic communication. Yeah, hmm, that must be a hard life. Uh, I mean, maybe, but to them, it's probably normal. Yeah, I mean, I I have read, um, I think. 21 of the legend of dritz books and there 
are a lot of mentions of the illithid because um they live in the underdark with the dark elves but that they will also enter into positions of slavery under the dark elves there are they never go into the position of slavery where they're like mining rock but yeah they will allow themselves to be called a slave by a dark elf as long as that position is close to a matron mother or another person of great influence in the culture. Because like you think about a physically a physically weak race like this who only communicates with their minds and and literally foregoes the training of magic on purpose. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to d- go and wage wars. They they create too slowly to like repopulate fast enough to have like a long standing battle with anyone but they're brilliant and they're really really tactful so they can get into a position where they're whispering and they're manipulating and all of a sudden your whole city falls and you're now an illithid conquered area yeah they they are i mean geniuses they it, it i saw it described like they use scientific tools that no one else understands and it's like well okay <laughs> they didn't really go much more into detail about that but i always thought that was interesting but you actually you touched on something i wanted to mention that they forego the the magic yeah for training and it's um i liked i like the description of um the rest of the colony views them as like uh dangerous eccentrics <laughs> for wanting yeah. to learn magic and they're almost always like killed or exiled um yep they're which, called alhoons alhoons the um the alhoon is is the the mind flare lich when they have to take um another form of like self-preservation right so they oh, yeah we should get into that yeah i figured you would like the mind flare lich because that is a cool thing i like more so that character as smart as like the illithid culture is they all fall under the like trappings of a humanoid creature in that they believe in some fantastical immortality Mm -hmm. uh by blending their their brain and consciousness and psionic power with the elder brain they can live forever but yeah it's not really how it goes no it's a (laughs) it's it's basically a religion right that's just yeah it's essentially a religion with like kind of a falsehood surrounding the death yeah, I mean, um, it's like anyone else that believes. Falsehood after conquering the multiverse and getting to create everybody's opinion of who they are as a yeah. race, just because yeah. when you go through all of that, like, that's why they they just come with their storyline. That's why there's not more. That's why it doesn't need to, the base information doesn't need to change because they started as this and then it then it separated once they became those space pirates and they were like we must conquer the multiverse so it's like we get the same looking lithids we get the same mind flares in all the different realms and as i was reading that so do 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 i want to go onto my tangent yet about stranger things and the difference because we definitely want to the main thing we want to know about it is did they do it right yeah. They didn't do it wrong. Okay. Okay. In the way that they had to do it different, because in Stranger Things, spoilers, the... Oh, yeah, we should probably do that, huh? Spoiler yeah. alert. Well, the, now's the, your spoiler the, alert. I mean, now's your spoiler alert, if you don't know that Vecna is, is a human um, that became a mind flare. Uh, yep. Okay. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah, so... Instead, in in Stranger Things, there was this young boy who was so internalizing his rage to the point that he started to gain these psionic abilities. And he realized that he could, like, flicker lights and, like, have these different type of, like, telepathic things where he could control his parents and whatnot. And then, or, like, put images in their head. So that's when he was, like, a kid. Kills his whole family. By, you know, sucking their brains out and it destroys their bodies and not sucking their brains out. He's like sitting there like a child, like super creepy, like it's just just, like crumple them or something. Yeah. And essentially it's like they like raise up into the air and like and then their bodies like 
uh, 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 like twist and like whatnot. And it's, it's really cool. They do a great job of it. And then the cool thing when you get to, that's like the explanation. You finally figure out that Vecna is this kid and this kid is this nurse that was in the same like facility that Eleven, the main character is in. And she has the same kind of psionic abilities this whole lab was started because of this kid. This kid is number one. Okay. Um, and this kid, who is also now a, a grown adult, is Vecna. But he's still in his human, foid, human form until he does something evil and Eleven pushes him into um, what becomes the Upside Down, which could be considered, which is probably like the most unrealistic part of the show as far as like they had to get somewhere from there being no upside down to there being an upside down and a humanoid looking like a lithid type creature so they did this weird spiral thing and his his skin got like altered and whatnot and then he was in the upside down looking like this like gray gross creature he didn't quite have an octopus head but he has like a spot in his house in the upside down where he connects to like this octopus network so i that like kind of connects to like the back of his head and his his back and whatnot so i i understand why they didn't go for the full octopus head creature because it when you're already in something with demogorgons and everything it's like you don't want to add too many more like character caricature type things that could come off like too childlike even though you know it's there's children in the show Um, yeah but i just i think it's it's really interesting how they they did pull a lot from this but they also made it i think they translated it pretty well to the tv like to a you know to a series because so did they they just had the one mind flare that was like Vecna taking on the Illithid. Yes. So okay. from what I understand, I might because we're still in season four, we're still waiting for season five. And like as much as I, I am I'm a monster hunter, I'm a D and D nerd, but I still only have such a grasp on these creatures. Yeah. Because like you said, we all learned so much just by doing a little bit of research for the mind flares. He controls the demogorgons in the show. They're kind of like his they're in his mind network. He kind yeah, of I mean, set- that kind of tracks yeah. Yeah. for a mind so it's flare. Like, he's kind of, yeah, he's got the Demogorgons. He's got these other creatures that are in the um, the Upside Down that he'll, like, use to send as, like, foot soldiers. So yeah. they they work their way around, like, um, they make it reasonable without being like, hey, you created this whole, like, underworld thing when it's, and like all of these creatures just appeared in it. It's like no, they split like some something, and now there's this upside down that was completely empty and just creepy. Except there's a mind flare in it who's drawing these demogorgons out, and there's he's drawing these other creatures out or creating them or whatever the. Oh, it's centered around D and D, right? Um, kind of yes. So the boys, um. It, like the first scene is them playing D anD D in the basement. They are playing the like the original Vecna campaign in season four, um, which is really cool. That's like I most people I talk to when I talk about Stranger Things, I tell them I'm like that campaign that they are playing that Eddie is like being the dungeon master for Vecna is a creature that you can fight. Yeah, you can play that campaign. You and and they're like. That's a real thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. but that's what, like, what second edition? <laughs> oh, it's first edition. It's first edition. Yeah, so it's, edition. it's old it's school hard. rules. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. die a lot. You die a lot quicker. What we play is not what they are playing. No, we get character arcs and story development. And exactly, and it's like, yeah, they they're definitely like a little looser, but with their how they they play, but they they don't like butcher any D&D rules in, within the show yeah. as far as like them talking D&D but it's I have never had a nerdy thing given the respect that it deserves so like watching dice being rolled and filmed like it's the end of a sporting event I'm, 
quality. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that's anyway. really cool. I support yeah, any uh, advancement in the the D and D culture. <laughs> Agreed. Me too, and it gets so many people like. Anyway, yeah. So it, it, it sounds it, like they have a version of the Lithid that would fit into any D&D realm. It's just mm -hmm. their own version. Yeah, they yeah. had to make it specific for, like, if if it were to come to our actual Earth. Yeah. And like, or, alternatively, it, if you have to explain it to a lot of people who are not nerds. Exactly. Yeah. You know? They did. They're like, let's yeah. make let's dumb this down a little bit. Let's make it, like, more relatable. We don't need to actually put the tentacles on his head. Yeah. Well, like, we can give him a station. I, like, I don't think we should uh, talk about Vecna too much because they're, like, an entire absolutely. an entire different, like, thing. You know, they have a whole campaign based around them, and they've inspired and rewritten so many of, like, the original D&D, like, lores and concepts and stuff. So I don't know how accurate that is to, like, Vecna's actual depiction because I've never played that campaign. Um, yeah. But I would say the only thing from that that's slightly disappointing to me is I get not having the tentacle face, whatever. But yeah. if you look into, like, any of the Illithid conquered creatures or humanoids, they have at least a little bit of, like, yeah. ten like maybe even one tentacle. Uh, like, sometimes it's like their hair takes on a little bit of a tentacle shape. So I'm like, that's the one thing that really would have sold me on the whole, hey, they're a mind flayer. If they had like some kind of tentacle like feature, even if it, it wasn't the full cute. mouth. Okay. I'm going to show, I'm going to share you, share this picture with you. Cause so he's got, oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of so see that. Tentacle necks, but it's, they're just not loose tentacles. Yeah. They're like, they go back into his body. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> While I don't dislike it, I will say that, like, right off the bat, I would not imagine that that was an illithid. No, it doesn't scream mind flare. It's more, it's definitely more, like, lich. Yeah. Like, maybe. Yeah, and he's probably closer to, like, a lich or but. Well, Ooh, I'm maybe that will be a, our uh, third episode since we need an endgame boss. A lich, yeah. But we also never see mind flares without fancy cloaks on. That's so, true. Like, it was I like mentioned a few times. Yeah, they always. Yeah, have like one. I, I do imagine that their bodies are this kind of deformed, yeah. gross, fleshy. Like I do think that they got like the body and the the fleshiness right. I do. I don't disagree with like the actual head. Um, yeah. but and, like, usually I get why they see. had to do it because of like the TV. But yeah. That's all. Um, I think overall they did a pretty solid job um, without knowing like Vecna's entire storyline. Because as far as I know, Vecna was like an enigma. Um, so maybe they conquered the state of being of an illithid uh, and took on the traits that they wanted from it without taking on the ones that they didn't, you know. Um, Does he eat brains? He's got to eat brains. Does he yeah, eat him? Right? He like I don't know exactly the way that the the when they describe it, I don't know if they like physically eat the brains or they like feed on the intelligence cuz they really only feed on other intelligent creatures. Yeah, they have to they have to absorb well as far as like mind flares go, they have to absorb like um the brain of a, a humanoid creature. Uh, and if they don't do so in, like, I think it's four months, then they die. But they, yeah. I know that their tentacles, which is, uh, you know, part of the reason why they need those tentacles, uh, yep. they have, like, these glands that secrete, like, uh, you know, things that dissolve and help them eat the brain. So, yeah, because yeah. what happens is, like, um, if you get close enough to an illithid, they will let off a psionic blast that basically paralyzes you, and then... Their tentacles wrap your neck and head and wiggle into like orifices to get to your brain and start liquefying it. Yeah, hey, yeah. Gross. <laughs> yep. Super gross. Um, they don't quite do the orifice, orifice entering, but they definitely yeah. do that. 
I mean, it's yeah. a it's a Netflix it's, show. It's yeah, not, it's not hentai. It's not rated R or <laughs> not rated X. Yeah. Um, All right. Um, well, before so, we oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say we already answered. We pretty much already answered where where we first see them because they're not first seen anywhere other than with D and D. Well, where where have we first seen them? Like, oh, okay, where did we first see them? That's yeah. fair. For me, it was in the Forgotten Realms books. They're terrifying and yeah. manipulative, and uh, there's a lot of lore in the R.A. Salvatore books. He writes a, a Legend of Dritz series, and for people who don't know, Dritz is a dark elf who is not evil um, and follows a good goddess named Meliki, um, and in his journey to separate himself from the culture and ways of the dark elf he has seen a whole lot and that includes being taken capture and being a slave to an elder brain the elithids in the book preferred elves or dark elves because their fingers are more nimble for the brain massages yep which is creepy and gross all in its own right (laughs) oh that was the other thing i'm like slender man with a yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah Um, my my first experience with them is not as cool. I um, I've never faced one in a D and D campaign, and I haven't seen Stranger Things. Um, I have used them, um, which we'll talk about. Um, but I, I guess the first time, like I've seen pictures of them when I was first getting into like D and D and stuff. Like as soon as you jump into the D and D, you know gaming world at all you pretty much instantly know what dragons beholders and mind flares are um you know so that's probably where i first saw one or heard about one but the first time i saw it used and used pretty cool was like uh critical role season one um yeah where where they were in the underdark i think i told you they found one that was like basically wearing a tinfoil hat and was separated from the rest of the hive and i'm gonna have to watch this yeah, it was cool. It was definitely different, but then they're they're basically traveling around with this mind flare that everyone else is like, "Why the fuck are you with this thing?" You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's how I imagine like a normal campaign would go if someone decided to, to be a drow. Yeah, like why are you with this drow? <laughs> right, like maybe your drow is good, maybe, but like that's one thing in Forgotten Realms that makes it so realistic is like xenophobia exists. And yeah. people will take a stereotype, and this isn't t- in these in this realm. This isn't a stereotype. Like illithids are evil. They're not. Yeah, they're, they're not good. It's not. It's not something that they choose. It's not something that they like trauma into. Like they are raised on domination, and they are created by domination, and that is what they want. And they're part of a hive mind. So yeah, it's like- they don't really get a choice. They're already part of this elder brain that is inherently evil. So, yeah, they're going to be inherently evil. And that elder brain, you know, is a maybe thousand year old illithid that has like gone through the specific transformations at a luck of the draw kind of uh, change. And it's it's meant to make other illithids comply with the hive mind. Oh, exactly. I um. I want to talk about the hive mind. Like I have some cool thoughts on it, but yeah. I want to save that for the misunderstanding. Um, mm. So I'll I'll hold that for a few moments. But um, well, we did answer our first question: if they are inherently evil or good. Yeah, I think so. Um, Melina, did you say where you saw them? First, first experience with the mind flare. I'm guessing it was probably, like, my actual first experience was probably Stranger Things. Okay. I'm sure that I heard about them because I, like, learned about D&D years ago, but, like... Well, you fought one. I don't know if that was before Season 4. Well, yeah, so we fought one that you threw at us, but, like, we didn't even know it was a Mind Flare because we... We killed it so fast! We killed it so fast. Our party was, like... Was like, You're like shit. Danger. What's this? Extreme danger. What the fuck is this thing? 
And then we like all rolled really high on our initiatives. Yeah. And then like I, obliterated it I, before I, I got I, a chance to live. I thought I had such a cool um encounter set up for you because it was very non like mind flare-esque and it works and i can't tell you everything about why it works yet um but uh they the secrets right the illithid was in disguise as a wizard and uh he was working with a paladin and I had the encounter set up so that I knew you guys were going to immediately kill the Mind Flare, because you as players knew it was a Mind Flare when you saw the picture. Your characters didn't know what the fuck it was, so you, but you could still justify kill this fucking thing. Um, but I had it set up. Uh, the Paladin had like a instant full health um, res spell. So, like, all he had to do was not be fucking stunned and restrained and <laughs> fire-chained down for one round to bring the Mind Flare back up to full health. Um, <clears throat> yeah. R.I.P. Paladin, uh, Illithid, and now Storm Giant to that yeah. tactic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You uh, affliction specialists, you. Um, yeah, you guys really stack those... Uh, fucking conditions on top of them. Um, so the way to go, I, I have to say. Yeah, no, they uh, they fought hard, to be honest. Like, I had to try and be creative, but, like, as soon as I get... When I played D&D with these guys, it's like, alright, it's the DM's turn. I'm stunned. I do nothing. Now it's your turn. So I never... <laughs> there's not much I can do. If We're scared of you touching us. If right. there's any tip for new players, it's it's trap the DM. Trap him yeah. hard. I'm going to create a ghost that can't be stunned or restrained or something. <laughs> was it we were like explaining it to our mom and she was like, um, oh God, what question did she ask? She was like, or yeah, she was like, do you ever have to just like make stuff up? Like. Are you ever thrown? I'm like, oh, we love stumping the DM. We fucking yeah. love throwing the DM. <laughs> yep. That's the goal. Right, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I try my best to be unstumpable. I can I can think of, well, like... We, we can't tell we stump you. Because yeah. you, like, the next thing we know, you're, like, fucking on it. But, yeah, like, your you're improbability when... Fear in your eyes. <laughs> it's just a bit of fear. A bit of play, yeah. page flipping. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's the that's the cue I get. It's like, oh, he pulled out a binder. We stumped him. Yeah, well, I try and have like I I do have a lot of like stupid backup stuff that I've wrote that you know I almost never use. But until you're like, what was the uh, noble house of this region 150 years ago? <laughs> I was like, I do actually have that written down. Give me fucking 30 minutes to find it. This is I, why we love playing I with him. Do it he all on paper. Has it written down? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, it's all somewhere. But yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I can't even explain how much is just improv. And then I improv. So I, I'll say something about history or lore that I'm like, well, now that's the truth. <laughs> so I have to roll with that. Yep. Yep. So. And it's canonical now. Yep. Right. <laughs> um. Let's uh let's take a quick break before we get into the rest of our prompts and we'll be right back monster hunters. Hello weary travelers. Welcome to the middle part of the episode. First of all, thank you for your continued support and we all hope you're enjoying Mornings with Monsters so far. If you are, or I guess also if you're not, let us know. You can contact us at morningswmonsters at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and what you think about the many monsters we discuss. And if you want us to talk about a specific monster, tell us that too. We'd, we'd love some new ideas. doesn't have to be from Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> if you are uh, interested in seeing what these monsters look like, uh, you can check those images out on Instagram at Mornings with Monsters, where we will also share any fun updates we have about the podcast. We also want to give a huge shout out to at Mizzen Cake for our amazing cover art. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to see more, once again, that is at Mizzen, M I Z E N, cake. 
Uh, everything's looking good on the recording side, so we will continue posting weekly every Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. But that's that's all. Thanks again, and I will let you get back to the rest of your episode. Enjoy. See you next week. Welcome back, Monster Hunters. We're got we we have a couple more prompts for you, Melina. Take it away. What's the next? What are we right. talking about next? We already discussed that they are inherently evil. Yeah, um, let's get into that just a little bit if you guys want. Yeah, sure. If you they, want to get into it more, we definitely can. Because, I mean, with the exception proving the rule, I feel like it's it's cut and dry. They're evil. They, they are. And it's evil, it's evil by the standard of the world. Like, they want to take over everyone who isn't illithid, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would say... They are creatures that came from, you know, a place called the Far Realms, which was bathed in eternal darkness and have to feed on humanoid brains or they die. Like, they're, I mean, evil is just ingrained in there. I mean, the only thing is uh, they they are individuals. Like, they do have individuality, which Mm -hmm. always, you know, in in any race... Anything with individuality could separate itself from, you know, the rest. But uh, other than, like, the extremely rare exception of maybe a a high moral, uh, you know, mind flare that only lives for four months because he'll die if he eats a brain, um, (laughs) they're they're just overall evil. That's all I have to say, really. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, all tracks, they're evil. They're evil. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Um, all right, so are they under or overrated, guys? Um I've it, that's, a, that's a hard question, I think. Before Stranger yeah. Things, I would say underrated. After Stranger okay. Things, I would say overrated. I mean yeah. I would say overrated because I think that they're they're like properly rated, and then the things that you can see as overrated are like the things that don't quite fit in the like initial lithid. They fit into more of like the variants and stuff. Like I, th- I think that unless you are playing an eldritch uh, magic, all-encompassing like illithid plotline campaign that lasts for two years, you yep. are never going to immerse yourself in the amount of illithid lore that you would need to fully explore them as like a creature or person so i think like they're underrated because people just see one hive in the underdark kill the brain we're done here yeah and and like with that goal as the what they want to do they don't understand like how difficult that's going to be you know they they are constantly underestimated in the fact that like there's they're not known and what is known about them is <laughs> illicit yeah. propaganda, basically. You yeah, know what I exactly. Mean? I mean, I've uh, seen uh, campaigns even go into other realms where the illicit are in that constant warring state, um, and they do a, like two or three weeks worth of illicit content, but it's mm-hmm. still just scratching the surface. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah, the complexities that can happen in a culture like that are really unfathomable to us you know and you you can't infiltrate it unless you like fully infiltrate it unless you are a mind flare i mean because they have entire planets you can't just walk up on their planet and and like even if you tried to do that unless you were very like actively closing your mind to the hive like they will know at some point you got to be a god or you have to have a magic item that makes all psychic abilities inert like (laughs) you know past that has resistance to psychic yeah resistance is different than nullification (laughs) (laughs) Um, other brains are nothing to fuck with either yeah because they have advantage i'm sure on on that kind of stuff um yeah uh yeah so i would say overall as a concept underrated agreed yeah i would agree with that I think so. I think that they're getting the acknowledgement they deserve now, but they're still underrated as far as like seeing them, using them. Yeah. Like just because there's so much goddamn information. 
Yeah. yeah, I'd rather they still they like be kept the enigma that they have been rather than I, see them go as like a trend. But sure, you know. Yeah, I mean, it would be real hard. We'd have to have. I mean, I'm sure there is, but like whole fan clubs for mind flayers and like a whole book campaign setting of like you know the far realms or something. Um, it would just, be kind of cool to set a campaign as a party of mind flayers trying to like. I thought about that too. Yeah. Infiltrate. <laughs> We'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. I guess next next one is is head. What's your what is your head cannon for for mind flares? Hmm. My my head cannon is just like usually evil, like robed figures content to dwell in like the underdark and essentially like control the minds of any kind of creature they can find to keep their existence going. Um, generally when I think about them, I don't think about them conquering worlds, which is, you know, maybe something new that I, That's interesting. that I've changed since researching them. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I do see them like striving to control, but basically an ominous looming threat that's always somewhere in the underdark. Yeah, I would say that mine is a little bit more insidious. I see them as like a seeping smoke. You know, um, they are that ominous and like secretive culture that kind of sits behind all of the drapings of societies that they can encounter. But I do see more ambition, I guess. Um, Because I I would assume that like the hive mind needs more nourishment than what we can understand. And through the means of conquering is just feeding the, the hive. Sure. Either with like nourishment or with more bodies to, to create more lithid. But um, you got to start doing that somewhere. And I see that in tiny finger tendrils of, of like singular or maybe double illithid influences in a court here yeah. and there and really trying to bring the downfall of the society on a whole but like through i don't know like three human generations instead of sure you know something so swift as like a coup kind of like creeping in slowly and slowly and then all of a sudden boom we're here and we're taking over yep okay yep and you don't even know that that's what happened yeah. it's just it went down yeah that's cool <laughs> i like that seeping smoke Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. That's definitely where my mind goes a little bit more towards that that realm. I I don't see them as quite quite as complacent. Like they're, I think they're always there's always an angle. There's always a where what can I can control? What can I get my hands on? I think that's always a factor for them. A hundred percent. All right, misunderstandings. Oof. Dylan, take us away. Okay, yeah. so I have I have a big. I'm going to focus on one key thing for the mind flare, like uh, the way they operate as why they're misunderstood because I had a slight misunderstanding uh, before doing a deep dive into them. And that is, um, that is the hive mind concept of the mind flare. So like hive minds in general are a a bit confusing and even like convoluted in some cases. Um, but the mind flares are pretty straightforward with how they work. And like originally when I think of like a hive mind or like a hive of mind flares, I initially thought like, okay, they're constantly psionically connected and they can all see like what the others see through their thoughts essentially. But uh, I feel like that is actually a little off. Um, Yeah. They, they essentially, um, they essentially communicate what they want to communicate through a Wi-Fi network. I uh, the the uh, I, s- I say Wi-Fi because it's the easiest way to kind of explain it. Is, it yeah. You know, like a cloud-based <laughs> you know yep. uh, sharing <clears throat> thing. Um, but like in more powerful uh, mind flare hives, uh, they can actually have their elder brain in the astral plane and connect to it. Uh, you know, interdimensionally. Um, which I thought was interesting, but they can do things like provide stored memories so they can basically be like, all right, like, like Harry Potter, like, here you go. This is what I've seen, which I thought was really, really cool. 
Um, I also didn't realize how much individuality they can have. Um, like, there's different, like, different archetypes of, like, societal, you know, like, some are, you know, essentially, like, more builder and, like, yeah. like, like we're going to do this, and others are, like, more focused on the psionic control of different things, and, um, but I, I thought, I think the fact that they operate, like, Wi-Fi more so than, like, a, a hive of, you know... Constant communication. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's a big misunderstanding. Also, a little fun fact for this, uh, the elder brain can actually remove parts of itself creating a brain golem so that the hive can travel further and yep. essentially use them as like a mobile hotspot. yeah like a boost signal. yeah i thought that yeah. was crazy it's um, pretty nuts but uh yeah i i think uh i think people are mis misunderstand them because they don't realize like one could break away and yeah cut off drones. its connection yeah right yeah yeah, I like I like that because it ties into what I was going to talk about and, and how that uh, a lot of people see Illithid as a, a singular construct and when in reality they are actually a mixture of Illithid brain and host body, almost like a parasite. Um, and like it goes far into their personalities and in the lore, it's not documented for a reason because the the Illithid are so individual that they have tics or reactions to certain stimuli that their host would have, which I would assume would seep into their personalities. Like you were saying, sure. like maybe maybe a host who was a renowned carpenter became an Illithid, and so he starts to work on the architecture of their surroundings rather than his dominion over psionics. And we wouldn't know about that because the culture of, of the hive is built on a hierarchy, not as a drone system where yep. you can move up through uh -huh. whatever means you can find, but it will be up to your personality and the way that you can hide that personality sure. from, from the hive when you do to it and it's an interesting aspect of the lithids because they're not they're not a single entity split into like arms and legs exactly. that go out in the world you yep. know yeah they are their own entity from start to evolution finish wherever they end up being you know like you can become an, an elder brain by being a regular lithid so long as like certain things and requirements w are met you know along the way yeah there's like a a secondary stage not alhoon but and i don't remember the name because it's probably it's complicated. Uh, it's ulitharid yep ulitharid the yep. the ulitharid can eventually become the elder brain which yep, is like uh one in every 10 hives ever have one but um, actually it's less than that less than that yeah, so it's super oh, rare, but yeah, it's it's point one percent. Yeah, so which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, the, like to complete your uh, life cycle, <laughs> the chances of you know going from uh, tadpole to you know an elder brain is point one percent, and probably so even lower, things. probably even lower percent of the ones that are actually able to achieve that elder brain yeah. status. And that's probably due to, you know, other illithids, uh, like, personal goals and how willing they are to kill someone, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I I, um, I think uh, the only other thing I wanted to say about maybe why they're misunderstood <clears throat> is um, they're, they're really fucking smart. They're really, really, really smart. smart. And, like, I think people think, oh, they just use mind control. It's like... Yes, but the the mental capacity it takes to to have such powerful psionic abilities is crazy. So I mean, they're they're super super smart, and they take over like the, the hosts of different things. Um, I I I think uh, what's really interesting about them is they are evil to anyone else, but they have their own set of morals, and they oh, will absolutely. they will not shy away from exiling one of their own. Yep. You know. And it's 
it's it's not about like psychic power, psionic power. It's it's not, it's not just like throwing something across the room or like no. shouting in someone's brain. You could have an illithid use their psionic control over you, and you would never know that that was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and in the worst case scenario, they will just completely dominate you and wipe your personality away like it was nothing. They can do that as if like I was swiping you know, crumbs off of my table. That's a choice that their brain can do. That's crazy to me. I think I just have been agreeing with you guys. (laughs) I, I keep thinking of what to add and I just, is there any, um, uh, misconceptions maybe from stranger things that like they said, Hey, this is how this works, but you feel like that wasn't right. I don't think so. I don't think anything that, that was like, I'm just making sure they didn't misrepresent our D&D culture. Nah. I understand. Well, I <laughs> can lithids, like, move people with their minds? Yeah. I mean, that's part yeah. of the psionic thing, I'm sure. Yep. Yeah. I like, was going to wh- say, like... Whether it be, like, through, like, wrapping them in psionic power and yeah. lifting them around yeah. or by do- dominating their mind and... Having them you know, do it puppeting. themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I would say that they represented that pretty darn well. That okay. was like, I think the the cool, uh, like how they showed the like mind domination essentially was like these kids or whoever's mind would be dominated. Like they, they, uh, you know, they see the clock. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why that was blowing up everywhere is the clock. They see the clock and then it. To everybody else around this person, they've just gone, like, eyes rolled back in their head. They're just standing there like a ghost. Yeah, I mean, taking over their brain. That tracks. Yeah. And then, like, in their, inside their head, they are, like, running from Vecna, in this case. Yeah. um, And until he catches them, and then in the, like... You know, in the in their mind, he's like, you know, physically touching them and like, you know, choking them or whatever. And then in in reality, in like to everybody else, they're really like being put up on like the top of the ceiling and like being like sucked inside. Like, in, does that imploded. make sense? Imploded. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, but like, for sure. You know, not to a single point, just like to it itself. Yeah. Like yeah. collapsing in. I mean, like crunched and crumpled. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like the biggest thing that I, it, um, I think that like I'm now recognizing was a good interpretation of I ate your brains. Um, <laughs> is like their eyes are also like sucked inward. Oh, yeah. Okay. Really creepy. Um, so I feel like they actually did a pretty good job at, Alluding to the illithid, but creating their own character. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I I don't hate on it too much. Because I'm like, I think everything that they changed, I think they had a good reason. And um, at the core of it, they didn't represent anything in a a way that was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I mean, Um, we have to remember that if if something based on D&D is going to change something... the big thing to take away is that D and D is a concert of your mind. You know, we, Mm -hmm. we come together to collaborate and build a story and it might not look exactly like another one Mm -hmm. or act exactly like another one. But if the spirit is there and you're having fun, you know, that's, that's really what creates something iconic for you. Yeah. I'd probably get ripped apart by, uh, some hardcore players by letting a paladin and a mind flare fight together as one hundred <laughs> percent. But at the same time, like I'm here for it because who knows what the mind flare did as far as yep. manipulation and convincing and the paladin. Yeah. Is, is someone, something that is also very misunderstood in my opinion. Yeah. Paladin yeah. would be a fun episode, but it Hey, uh, if, if anyone from stranger things is out there, we'll take that sponsorship and maybe do a Demogorgon episode. Uh, also, you know, if you sponsor us, we will watch your show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can I'm still say waiting that. For season five. I'm still waiting for season five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Dylan will watch your show. I think I'll Alex watch. 
waiting for it to finish. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to binge it all. Two two out of three of us will watch your show now, and you'll get a full deep dive. Shit, we'll do a ten episode stretch if you sponsor us. Saying it now. Bring up in Stranger Things. Yeah, we'll do three I mean, there's only like five so far, right? So we can do we can do that. Um, Okay, I think we have time for uh, one last prompt. Cool. Last prompt. All right. Um, Well, it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. How would you like to see them used in media or gameplay? I know they have been used in media. Ooh, my favorite question. (laughs) But we've already kind of hinted at different things that we would do with them. So would anyone like to go in depth on that? Of course, of course. Um, I can't. I can't go into how I'm going to use them, or potentially. (laughs) I mean, who knows? You might never see them again. I can't say. Um, But I have this this campaign idea of the a party of of Alhoun outriders coming together uh, under like the instruction of an Ulatharid outrider. Or, you know, Alhun Ulutharid that's like, I have a way to get you back to the Far Lands to infiltrate the, uh, you know. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> so, like, playing as a party of Alhuns, or, like, even, like, maybe one's, like, an Alhun Lich or something. And you guys, uh, you know, would go into the societal structure of the Mind Flares and try to take it down from within. Maybe, like, finally ending the... the loop cycle of like you know mastering of time i think that would be a really interesting like end game arc to it uh to like to take take down the the illithid threat once and for all from within by its own people the only uh the only downfall of the the illithid are themselves yes kind of thing you know that would be very poetic because the cycle would be this the end of themselves yep the only one who can break the cycles. Yeah, I, I think there would be a lot of interesting, like, you know, personal, uh, personal, like, conflict and stuff like that. Yeah, I would, I would have to... imagine having a party that can all telepathically communicate with Yeah, you, you would have to. Would be That'd dope. be the only way. But it would also be, like, what, what, would the party know how to telepathically communicate without letting the hive know that they're um, there. I would say that they are like uh Alhoons that have been exiled from separate uh you know hives for this okay. reason or that. So they've gotcha. already like cut off their connection and maybe they maybe they even create a um create a, a their own network um or maybe like the uh the uh, Ulatharid that's giving them this task has like a altered brain golem that comes along with them to like strengthen their psionic. Yeah, know, maybe. Network. Yeah, maybe he's able to like create his own network or something. Yeah, because like yeah. essentially he, this Ulatharid would have like the option of becoming a br- yeah. like a over- elder overmind, but has you know not done so because he wants. He has to- chosen not to. Yeah, something like that would be really cool. That, that would be dope. In this case, you can really think of it like Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. It's like each cloud. I, you have, know. I have this mobile hotspot for you. <laughs> it's password protected and has its own VPN. Just <laughs> type in brain matter with uh, the ad sign as the A's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no emojis, um, please. It will break the... <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's that's how I would like to use them. Uh, I have a really cool concept of, or at least I think of how I'm gonna, you know, use them in in uh, Eridus at some point. But uh, that's a whole different thing that I can't get into. Play one that learns talk. <laughs> you you want to play a <laughs> an illithid that has a quest to learn to speak common? Yeah, learns how to speak. Like with its with its maw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll a. I don't even know. Roll an intelligence check with disadvantage. Roll a, roll a performance check. Yeah, performance check every day. 
D double disadvantage. Fuck it. No. You have no double. mouth. <laughs> hey, if you impose double disadvantage, that means we can use it in battle, too. I know. I'm never going to. Yeah, fuck that. Double advantage is just auto win. So, no. Yeah. Here's so, quadruple damage. Yeah, right. No. Um, I think I would like to see, uh, like, an eldritch horror movie. You know, it would be like, I would love to see a setup kind of like the Predator movies where it's like real dark and survivalist and like maybe some miners yeah. uh, like found a real giant chasm Ooh. in the ground or something. And they like accidentally like walked into a small hive, but, but the hive has known for like a long time that they were coming, you know? Cause Yeah. It would be fun to like watch that kind of like, just like an eldritch uh, horror, like Alfred Hitch Hitchcock. Like every yeah. time you turn a corner, you see a tentacle slither away, and they're all yeah. Like <laughs> and then like if you you know those like those deep fear moments where like you do see like finally an illithid just like real close up, like yeah, close in on the guy, and then the next time. You see the guy, he's just trying to act normal. <laughs> but he's got no with, brain. <laughs> with his other, like, friends, you know what I mean? Like, uh, trying to like be cool. like, yeah, we should go deeper into the cave. I'm sure that there will be, like, a new way or whatever, you know? Like, oh, I saw clues that point towards something great down there. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, they just, like, one by one fall prey to the illithid. Ooh, I like that a lot. The, I think it would be fun. The the, uh, the they would win. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. Like there would be no there would be no chance for the miners, and I think that's where it plays off into the eldritch horror because I feel like the point of those stories is to show you that like to these things that are far beyond humanity, they, there's no chance. Yeah, know? I like that. Always lose. What's that? Sometimes you always lose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a he normal human, well, we're probably like level one humans in D&D &D mm -hmm. with 10 yeah. HP, you know. We, yeah, ain't, we ain't taking down a mind flare. No, we're <laughs> not specialist soldiers or anything we're like that. Probably not even taking down a tadpole. <laughs> Damn, yeah, no. I know. Terrifying. They'd, they'd eat our face. Yeah, their brains. <laughs> It'd be cool. I think it would be a really nice dark movie. You know, not yeah. much to see, but like a lot to feel. Yeah, that that, be... that old school horror. It's more about mm -hmm. the the threat you don't see. Yeah, like the Jaws yep. concept. Yeah, I was actually just um, watching an interview with Jordan Peele about that and how he feels like every time he does see the monster, he's like. Yeah, that, that's not as cool as I thought it would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, the fear of the mind mm -hmm. is so powerful that you throw people... If you throw 100 people in a dark hallway, they all are going to confront themselves with what, like... What could makes be. Them, yeah, yeah. What, and what, what, whatever would be the worst thing for them, you know? Yep. And oh. that's human nature. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're alone in a house. Sometimes you turn off the lights, you're like... I gotta run up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> I literally did that last night, closing my blinds. I was like, and... Run to the bed. I have to close these blinds because obviously there's a like a stranger standing outside my window. There's an illithid outside, and the only thing protecting yep. me is is the blanket. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, the blanket protects you from everything, so... Yeah, exactly. Oh. Sorry. That's true. Sorry, shield, shield of faith. Um yes. <laughs> So you, you want to see a you want to play a illithid that learns to speak? Sure. That's your. That's how you want to do it. I mean, well, I just, I mean, I think there's just so many possibilities that like I don't have. I don't have one way that I like would like to see them. I would love to like use them more in in campaign. Yeah. But like, that's not really my choice because I'm not a DM and nor do I have a desire or a mind to be a DM right now. I think it could be cool. And I, I mean, like one of the reasons why it's hard for me to decide or like, let, cause if I like think about it too much when, or if I encounter them in campaign, it's going to be like, well, are they secretly good guys actually? Because me and Dylan talked about that on a podcast one time. 
So maybe they're not bad guys. And then I kill my, get myself killed. Like, yeah. No. So um, I got you. So I'm like overthinking it and just paranoid. I'm very paranoid. I feel like if, uh, um, if an illithid was good natured, they would be forced to make it very clear very quickly. And fair. you'd have to yeah. roll some insight checks to see if they were lying or not. Um, with a very high DC because of their psionic prowess. But, uh, I mean, like, even in Critical Role where they, you know, had that illithid that wanted to take down the Elder Brain or whatever it was, um, like, half the party didn't trust it. I don't remember how it all played out, but it, it probably was, even though it was, you know, not striving for the same goals as it's uh the rest of its hive it was probably it probably had its own agenda you know they yeah. still have to eat brains <laughs> yeah like it, they can't really get around that you know yeah they eat brains of less intel like of so the, there is yeah. like there's like a um early in like the the mind flare lore uh on one of the moons around like the planet that they lived on in the um you know the far realms there was like this uh there was the civilization of people they were like essentially these tall skinny um like like bleach white skinned creatures that like operated kind of like dwarves um uh, and they would create these uh, it was like a frost crystal society so they'd build these amazing structures and things out of these uh, frost crystals on this moon that they lived on and then the illithid came and enslaved their people and yeah. turned like turned them basically into devolved like creepy bleached white little uh dwarf looking things with massive brains and then just used them as a farm so like over the generations they would just you know they would stay alive yeah they would they would just survive by having this farm of these massive brained docile creatures so like they i mean it's not humane but like they they will literally have brain farms i mean humane is definitely subjective and in in D D, like it goes down to this is a brutal world still in like comparison to ours no matter how like pretty or uh refined we can make it like you're still gonna cut somebody's head off and then loot their dead body yeah exactly yeah i mean even even paladins are smashing things in with their hammers in the name of a god that they feel is righteous for sure like you're killing goblins in your first couple days out as an adventurer come on and you don't care yeah it's fine. It's, that's just experience, baby. You don't care about that goblin's grandmother who's worried nope. sick at home. <laughs> and that's what we're here to do on Mornings with Monsters, is talk Ooh, about that goblin's there. grandmother. <laughs> of the monsters. What, Granny Goblin. What a great outro. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Uh, unless you have anything else to add, I think that's going to be our episode of Mornings with Monsters. And we will be back next week with an even stronger monster. Uh, but we'll, we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.